Amen. Come on, can we give it up for our worship team, man, this morning? What a great time of worship. Well, what's up, I will? It is Wednesday. It's in the middle of the week. You're almost there. You know, you are, say, post. You are super, super close to the end of the the week, and you know, we all live for the weekend, and so it's good to, to see you. Hey, why don't you just turn to your neighbor just in case they haven't spoke to you yet. Just, you know, just tell them, what's up? What's up? I'm glad to see you. How you doing? All is well? You look good? You look good? And if somebody is using that as an opportunity to try to get at you, tell them, right, not right now, we're in chapel, right? You know, not, not right now. Hey. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, will, I have enjoyed every moment being with each and every last one of you um, this week. I want to give a special shout out to all of you who were with me last night as we shut down Jackson Library. I was uh, there taking um, every measure to get my uh, paper in by midnight and uh, because my professor did not care I was doing chapel. And, uh, and so, um, so shout out to all of us who were there at midnight. <laughs> you know, I love the whole little deal, like especially when you're trying to make a deadline and they get you on the PA and it's like, ding, you have 15 minutes and the library will close. Everything that you want to do and you think you should be doing in about 15 minutes, it will not be done anymore because you got to go. You know what I'm saying? And so shout out to all of our librarians who uh, make sure that we get out of there in a good time. And so, hey, what I want to do really briefly um, this morning as we are here together is I want to talk through the theme of God cares, and we've been talking about that throughout our whole time here at uh, during our summit week, and and it's important that we understand this truth that the Lord your God cares about you, regardless of phase, stage of life, regardless of where you've been or what you've done, man. Can I just tell you that the Lord your God, He loves you, He cares about you. You were on His mind even before the foundation of the earth. You matter to Him, and so when we think that our life is over, or we think that you know. There is no recovery from the things that we have done in our past. Can I just tell you that is not true? And the reason why we know that it's not true, because when we look at God's word, we know that it is, as we've talked before, we talked about this on Monday, that the whole purpose of scripture, it is to, it is a story of redemption where the redeemer, Jesus, is the central character and the hero. And so because of what Jesus did on the cross, you and I now can be reconciled back to uh, God. Now, with that being said, we need to also understand some attributes of God. What are some things that we need to know about God? If we hear this idea or this theme that God cares about us, then, then we, I think this morning we need to learn a few attributes about God. Like, we need to understand the brand of God. Now, we live in a world right now where brands 
is everything. Everything is about brands. And, and we see different icons um, throughout um, the world where, you know, when you see this picture or you see this particular word, it represents a certain brand. I love when I get off of the, air, uh, the airplane and I'm uh, in Indianapolis airport. I love to see the, the wildcat sign there. When I see the wildcat, I know that Indiana Wesleyan is close to me. I, there is a brand that this school represents. And when you see the logo, the logo represents so much. There, there, is, there, is, there is core values, there is attributes, there is characteristics that are found in the brand. We know that we live in a world where there is the big argument. Do we go with Android or do we go with Apple, right? Because Android has a brand and then Apple has a brand. But can I tell you, as great of a brand as Android or Apple or Alexa and Siri and all the things that we see um, throughout culture and throughout our world, all these brands are great and they have their own meaning, but their brand is nothing compared to the brand of God. Can I get an amen? And the brand of God is such where because of who he is, there are certain attributes that he has. There are certain characteristics that he has. There, there are certain core values that, uh, that he has. Now, I, you know, it was funny to me how Popeyes and, and Chick-fil-A just had this little brand fight. And, uh, and I, my friends, was the stupid person who waited in line for about 40 minutes, you know, to get the Popeye's chicken sandwich just to see if the Popeye's chicken sandwich could rival, you know, the gospel bird known as Chick-fil-A, you know. And so, and can I tell you, can I just tell you that I was after 45 minutes and seeing a couple of fights break out over a chicken sandwich, I, my friends, was disappointed because the Popeye's chicken sandwich was nothing but a fraud. It had nothing on the gospel bird known as Chick-fil-A. Right? And just as Popeyes tries to pose as Chick-fil-A, there are certain people or things or, or brands or the enemy himself tries to pose as the same level of brand as God. And the enemy, my friends, is nothing but a cheap piece of Popeyes chicken. And the great brand of God is far different than any other brand known to man. So what are some of the attributes of God? What is the brand of God all about? And that's what we want to talk about uh, this morning. The first thing that we know of the brand of God found in God's word is that uh, in Hebrews 13 and 5, the B part of it says, God said, never will I leave you and never uh, will I forsake you. What is that? What is his brand? His brand is this, that he doesn't have the capacity to leave you. He doesn't, he, he, it is impossible for him to leave you. He says, never, my brand, who I am, my characteristic, my attribute, I am one who says, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Why? Because of who I am, because of what my brand represents. In John 10 and 28, he says, I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out 
of my hand. What he's saying here, what we know about the brand of God here in the book of John uh, chapter 10 is that because of who he is, when you're a part of his family, no one can take you out of his hands because he is omnipotent. He is omniscient. That means he is all-knowing, he's all-loving, and he's all-powerful. And that is his brand. That is who he is. He is one. He, the, the Lord your God is one who cannot leave you and will not forsake you once you are a part of his family. Now, here is the, here is the, the truth of this. Let me, let me make sure I'm clear on this. When we're talking through the brand of God, we are, we're talking from the idea that we have all made the decision that we want to cross over the threshold from death to life and give our lives to God. And so when we give our lives to God and we're a part of God's family, he's saying, hey, here is the, here is the benefits of being a part of my family. Here's the, here is what you get to um, experience of me when you're a part of my family. You get to experience the fullness of my brand. And so I believe that there's four unique things that we can learn about the brand of God, or I should say there's four unique things that we, we begin to feel or, or see within ourselves or our disposition and our energy changes where we understand in totality the holistic brand of God. There's four things that I want to share with you based off of what we see in Scripture that when I believe in God's brand, when God's brand is my brand, when, I have, when I've accepted God's brand as my own, I have four unique things that I want to talk to you about this morning. The first thing that I know when I believe in God's brand is that I am a person who has comfort because I know that without a shadow of a doubt, God loves me, or God, excuse me, God is with me. I love what Isaiah 41 and 10 says. He says, so don't be afraid for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and I will help you and I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. See, when I, when I believe in the brand of God, when God's brand is my brand, when I, when I understand the fullness of God, then I have this sense of comfort because I know that God is with me. God is right there with me. There, was, there is this peace that I have because I know that regardless of what's going on in my life, that the Lord my God is with me. Um, I have three boys, as you guys know, we, I shared that with you before. And, um, and we have, and don't listen, we're family, so don't judge me, all right? This is supposed to be safety. This is hashtag no judge zone. And so we have this, this, um, this tradition because, you know, my job as a good father is to teach my boys to be men. And so one of the ways that I felt like it was important for me to teach my boys to be men is to take them to this scary house, this haunted house in Atlanta that we had. You know, so there was this famous haunted house in Atlanta called uh, Neverland. And, uh, and, and so it was in, it was this big haunted house and it was this thing where like, it was $20 to get in. And if you could make it through the whole thing without tapping out, you get your money back. And so, so one of the things for me as the good father that I am, and uh, as I told my boys, if you want to be a man, if you want to represent the brand of being a Wallace man, you got to get through this haunted house and you better go get my money back, right? 
And, and so, so my oldest two, you know, my oldest two, they're rebels. They was like, no problem. People were jumping out at them. They were slapping them like, ah, you know. And, uh, and so Jay went through, got my money back, you know. It's like, Dad, I'm a man. You did it, son. Boop, you're a man, right? My wife, by the way, just thinks that I absolutely, I'm ignorant as a dad. You know, she's like, that does not teach our boys to be a man. And, you know what I'm saying? Woman? You're right, but still, it's fun, right? <laughs> and uh, and so, so CJ, he goes through it, you know, boom, no problem, gets my money back. Cameron, he would probably kill me for saying, telling this story. But Cameron, Cameron is, Cameron's different, you know? And so, so, um, so Cameron, he does not like scary anything. Like, you know, I mean, I think there's been some episodes of SpongeBob that was a little sketch for him. And, uh, and so we're going through, and I would go in, I would kind of start off with him. And uh, truth be told, I'm kind of scared myself. And so, uh, so I would start off with him and be like, all right, Go ahead. This is the moment, you know, at this point, because I know in the levels, you know, I can go to a couple levels, but there are some levels, mm-mm, not your boy. And so, um, so I send Cameron on, and, uh, and actually we, before we get to the place where it's time for me to release him, we get lost. Because he's holding my hand, and he's, he got his head, like, right in my chest and stuff. He's like, he's so scared. He's like, oh, no. I said, be a man. Suck it up. You know, and so it's going through. We get lost. And I hear him, because, you know, the people in this place, is, they're, they're crazy. So I hear him screaming. So, you know, I'm like, at first I start laughing, like, ha, ha, ha. Then I'm like, man, he's screaming. Like, I'm like, okay, this is bad. I might be on the news for this one. And so, so in the midst of him screaming, I have to... It's dark. He can't see me, and, I, and, and he's lost. This is big building. I have to say, Cameron, Cameron, calm down. Calm down. I said, listen to my voice. Listen to my voice. And he's like, okay, he calms down. And he said, where are you? I said, I need for you to follow my voice. I'm going to keep talking, and you follow my voice. And while, he's, while I am talking, there is a bunch of noise going on. People are screaming. People are trying to scare him. Things are jumping out. I said, Cameron, I said, and he's screaming. I said, don't worry about all of that. It's not real. I said, just listen to my voice. And if my voice gets faint, you're moving away from me. But if, you, if my voice gets stronger, keep coming because you're coming closer to me. And so as I kept talking in the midst of all the noise that was going on, when he focused on the voice of his father, he was able to come close to me. And when we were able to reunite, we walked through the haunted house together. And as we walked hand in hand, and he knew that his father was with him. Now, his father was scared, but I couldn't tell him. And so, but as we walked hand in hand, there was this comfort and this peace that he had because he knew he was safe because regardless of all of the scariness going on in his life, he was in his father's hand. And can I tell you, when you understand the brand of God, when you understand what it means to really be in, the, the, in God's hand, regardless of all of the craziness going on in your life, and regardless of all of the difficulties in your life, man, there is this comfort that you have because you know that God is with you. That's what his brand is all about. He's like, hey, man, listen, when, when I am with you, you don't have to worry about a thing. You don't have to worry about nothing because I will be with you. He says there, Isaiah, he says, don't be afraid. 
Don't be afraid, regardless of what the giants are in your life. Don't be afraid, regardless how difficult you think your course is right now, this course that you're taking, man. He said, don't be afraid because I am with you. And when you know that God is with you, there is comfort that you have. Number two, we know that when we believe in the brand of God, we have confidence because we know that God loves me. He says, I know I have this confidence because I know God loves me. Isaiah 54 and 10 says, though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord, who has compassion for you. Man, when I understand that I am a benefactor of the brand of God, there is this confidence that I have, that I have this, this, this swagger, I have this disposition, I have this this vibe, this air within me because I know that God loves me. Man, when you know that the Lord your God loves you unconditionally, man, you operate with a different spirit and you move differently because you know, man, hey, even if you hating on me, even if I'm all by myself, even if I'm up in the student center eating lunch by myself, it does not matter because the Lord thy God loves me. So I have confidence, and, and this confidence drives how I interact with other people because I understand what it is to experience true love. And so there is this confidence that I have when I understand the brand of God because I know what love looks like. The reason why we struggle in our confidence is because we have looked for validation in all the wrong places. And when we, when we don't receive healthy love, it messes up our worldview and it messes up our perspective on love. But when you experience authentic love, the love of God, man, it changes your life forever. And so when I see the brand of God, when I believe in the brand of God, not only do I have this comfort, but I have this confidence because I know that God, he loves me. What else do I know with the brand of God? Number three, I can trust in God's direction because he's consistent. See, not only do I have comfort, I only don't have comfort uh, because I know he's with me and I don't just have confidence because I know that he loves me, but man, I can trust in the direction that God has for me because he's consistent. Here is what you should always do. You should trust in God's direction over your own direction and your own desired direction. Um, I went to my undergrad degree is in business administration. I got a minor in marketing, and my, my plan was I wanted to go to Emory Law School to be a corporate lawyer. You know, I wanted to be that guy who had, I had a vision for my life, you guys. I wanted to, you know, make a lot of money. I wanted to be a hashtag boss. I wanted to make it rain. I wanted to have a loft apartment in downtown Atlanta, have a two-seater BMW, black on black, sitting on those things, right? I wanted to just be that guy. And so my plan and my direction, everything I did was preparing me for law school. And then the Lord spoke to me again, right? Because I heard him before, but I ignored him. And he spoke to me again. He says, hey, you can keep trying to pursue a career in law, but that's not what I have for you. And when the Lord called me into ministry, man, I'll be honest with you, there was a little bit of depression that I had. I was sad because I was like, no, I, I want to be a rich lawyer making money. I didn't want to be a broke youth pastor struggling. 
right? But man, I had, to, I had to say to the Lord, hey, not my will, but your will be done in my life. And what happened, I'm being very honest with you, what happened was, you know, as I was still trying to prepare for law school because I knew that the Lord had called, no, not the Lord, I knew that I had called myself to, to, to be an attorney. I was trying to continue to get like uh, um, internships and work with some law firms, all stuff, and every door that I was trying to walk through kept closing in my face. And it was not until my, the end of my junior year when I was just like, all right, fine. But now I'm stuck because what do you do? I'm like, man, you know what? I have gone all this time. I gotta, I'm about to get a business degree and you're calling me into ministry. What am I gonna do with that? And, and it, was, it was, for me, it was, a, it was a reminder that, man, if you don't trust the direction for, uh, you don't trust the Lord's direction in your life, it is a possibility that you'll go down a path that will make you feel like, man, I've just wasted a lot of time. That's why it's important to trust the direction of God and not the direction of yourself or your friends or people around you. What has the Lord called you to do and who has the Lord called you to be? You have to trust his direction in your life because he is the one that is consistent. That's what Proverbs 3 and uh, 5 through 6 says. He says, we are trusting the Lord with all our heart and lean not on our own understanding. In all our ways acknowledge him and he will make our path straight. You got to trust the Lord for your life. And so, you know, I had to make an about face, you know, when it came to, you know, my career path and my career choice. I had to move, I had to settle in my mind that, man, this path that I wanted for myself was not the path that the Lord had for me. And I had to be okay with it. And can I just tell you, it's the best decision that I've ever made in my life. And I might not have made the figures of an attorney, but man, Living in my purpose is far greater than any financial check that I can receive ever in life. And when you live on purpose, students, it is, it is, it is far greater to live on purpose than to be miserable and have a lot of money in your, in your bank account. That's why it says, was it profitable, man, to gain the whole world and lose his soul? Man, it doesn't matter if you are living for the, on the world's level, man. If you are not living for the Lord, man, you really just are taking up space. So what is the Lord's desire for your life? You got to trust in his direction because he's consistent. Number four, when I believe in God's brand, I have hope. I have hope because I know that God is at work within me. There is this hope that I have that regardless of my situation and my circumstances or even my struggles, man, I turned down... I turned down three scholarships, three full scholarships to, to, to attend my college. And can I just be honest with you? The, the reasons why I turned down the scholarships were really stupid. I didn't go to Georgia Southern because when I graduated from high school, it was like in my mind the 13th grade and everybody in my, my county was going to Georgia Southern. So I didn't want to be with them. And you know, I was like, I graduated the top 10% of my class, you know. And, uh, and so I didn't... I didn't go there. I didn't go to Howard University, which was the college that I was going to in D.C. because, you know, um, it was in the projects. And I didn't want to go to, in my mind, a school in the projects, but I ended up going to Morehouse, which is in the projects in Atlanta. It's kind of the hood in Atlanta. My mom would say, well, why are you going, you know, in 
Morehouse in the same community as Howard? I said, yeah, mom, but my hood is different from DC's hood because I know my hood, right? And so I didn't go there, but then I turned down a scholarship to Hampton uh, University because I had an ex-girlfriend who told me, this is the God honest truth, she told me that if I come to Hampton, she was gonna make my life miserable. I'll just give you that version of it. And so those are really the reasons why I did that. And I went, you know, I went to tomorrow's college and, and you know, it was, it, was, it was a great experience, but it wasn't, I think, necessarily the will of God for my life. But when I really gave my life to him and I really recognized the brand of God and I really said, God, I surrender and submit my, my will and, and, and my way to you. It was at that moment that not only did I trust him with every aspect of my life, but there was this hope that I found because I knew that he was with me. So very quickly as we land the plane, what does it mean for me and what does it mean for you to recognize the brand of God? Number one, when we recognize the brand of God and, and, and how we apply this to our lives, what I am challenging everyone in this, this auditorium to do is, number one, you got to stop looking for other things to comfort you and to focus on God. You got to get to this place where you're saying, hey, God, I'm going to, I'm going to seek your kingdom and righteousness first and then let all the other stuff come my way. So, so stop looking, students, for validation and comfort from other things and other people and start focusing your attentions and your eyes on Him. And when you stop doing that, the second thing that I, I want to encourage you to do is I'm, I want to encourage you to take advantage of the boldness that you have in Christ. Be bold and courageous in your walk. Hey, listen, don't just walk with your head hung down or, or hiding your faith. No, be bold and courageous. Even in the middle of, even in the midst of being in a, a Christian environment or a Christian academic institution, you still should be salt and light. So be bold and courageous. Be that one who says, man, I am going to be salt and light. Number three, I want to challenge you to take some risks. Take some risks. Step outside of your comfort zone so that you can live in the midst of your calling. What is God calling you to do? Who is he calling you to be? What type of risk do you need to take in your life personally? What type of risk do you need to take in your life? You know, you need to take when it comes to your home life, here at school, some of your friends your own personal what? What are some risks that you need to take? Who do you need to push away in your life? And who do you need to bring closer into your life? Take the risk. Be who God has called you to be. And then finally, number four, celebrate the process. Celebrate the process. Welcome the process that God is still working within you. I love Philippians 1 and 6. It says, we can be confident in this, that he who began a good work in us, he will carry it on. He will carry it on until completion. Hey, this is a process. This time that you're in school, whether it's three, four, five, or however, this time that you're in school, it is 
a process. And during this process, how you maximize the moment of the process is you say, Lord, hey, you know what? I'm going to surrender my life to you. I want you to lead God and direct my path. And I want to really, I want to, I want to be patient in the process. Do you remember how when, when, when we, I say we because I'm an antique teenager, but do you remember how when, you know, as teenagers, you couldn't wait when you were uh, in elementary school, you couldn't wait to be 10 because you was, that was double digits. And when you were 10, you couldn't wait to be 13 because you were a teenager. And then when you were 13, you couldn't wait to be 16 because you could drive. When you were 16, you couldn't wait to be 18 because, you know, you were, you know, legal. And then when you were 18, you know, you couldn't wait to be 21 because then, you know, you were about it, about it. And then when you turn 21, you meet this guy named Bill Collector, and then you wish that you were 10 again, right? And all through our lives, we're always trying to rush the process. Can I tell you? Regardless of where you are in the process, chill, relax, and enjoy the ride. It's the best ride when you're in the hands of God when you're living out and, and you are accepting the brand of God, it's the best ride that you can ever be on. God knew that you would be a part of the Iwu family even before the foundations of the earth. And you have not only friends who are here, but you have faculty and staff who the Lord has placed in your life to help you through the process. Life, my friends, is never meant to be lived alone. Life was not meant to be lived in silos. It was meant to be lived in a place of community where we can fellowship one with another. This is an amazing community, beautiful, eclectic, and diverse. But when we understand that we're all under the band, excuse me, the brand and the banner of the gospel, that's what brings us together and we can say, I'm gonna trust the process. God, what you started in me before I even stepped foot on this campus, I'm going to trust the process, and I'm going to let you do what you do and finish what you started in me. I want to pray for you, and then we're going to be dismissed. Hey, listen, tonight, if you've been with us for the last few nights, we've been kind of walking through this whole thought of how to push the reset button in our lives. And first night we talked about pushing the alt button and how we can uh, gain godly control over our life. Last night we talked about uh, we talked about the control button, the control button, how you push the first button is control button, get godly control of your life. Second button we talked about last night was how you push that alt button, how there's some things in our lives that need to shift. But I'm excited about tonight because tonight we get to push that delete button. I don't know about you, but in my life, there's been some things that I just had to push that button and delete and push the reboot process in my life. And I hope that you will meet us here tonight. God will do what only he can do. And so let me pray for you and then you're dismissed. God, we love you and we thank you for being so incredibly awesome to us. Thank you that we get to uh, hear about and be reminded of your brand and that we can be reminded that you are the God who says, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. You're the God that will never let us go.
And that even though, uh, God, we have been in some dark places in our lives, and for some of us, we're still in those dark places. God, I pray that, that we will be reminded that when we block out the noise and focus on your voice, the midst of those dark places, that we will at that moment find comfort and confidence and we'll walk with you because you're consistent. We love you and we honor you in Jesus' name. Thank you for these amazing students. Amen. God bless you. Questions come and questions.